Good morning, Sia Paris. Happy Memorial Weekend. I'm so glad that you carved out a little bit of time to come and worship with your family and friends. Please stand. We are gonna sing our hearts out. What we were created to do. Hallelujah.
never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. just one of those would that be amazing like if he was just a promise keeper like just like his word was gold and he never took back or went back on a promise none of us can say that if he was just that but he's not just that he's that he's a promise keeper He's a way maker. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He's the God of the impossible. He's a miracle worker. He, he, it's not that he was a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. He's doing miracles every single day. Today, he's doing miracles. And why wouldn't it be yours? He's all these things. Light in a world of darkness and so much more. He's more and more and more. He's everything. He's all things. All things good. So let's just worship him. I don't want to get too caught up in the repetition of he's this and this and this. And this. It's huge, the things that we're saying. He's all of it and more. So let's give him our worship. Amen. That is who you are. That is who you are. You are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Thank you, Jesus. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker again. You are way maker. Miracle worker, 
promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are
rest and that peace that comes from being in the presence of the Almighty. And your goodness that draws us in, Jesus. The simple gospel of peace and love makes us want to be in your presence, makes us want to draw near. surrender Jesus all to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever Trust him in his presence daily. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to
rivers all to Jesus I surrender Lord I give myself to thee thank you for the gift that you have given each and every one of us, life. Not, not life mundane, not, not some sort of haphazard, one day it will be sort of life, but an everyday, a lasting, eternal life, a hope. And because of that, Lord God, we can say we surrender all. We can say we give all to you, Lord Jesus. With a humbled heart, we come before you and we, we thank you. Father, thank you for the work that your son did for each and every one of us. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all go ahead and be seated. Come on. Oh, man. It's a, it's a holiday. Uh, if you're a guest here for the first time, welcome. We're excited you're, you're here. We're doing things slightly different. Uh, today, I, I, I knew that I was going to be, uh, well, I knew that you guys wanted to get out early for Memorial Day. And then also I found out here just a couple days ago that my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Jordan, competes in a, a competition at 1055. Um, so not just because it's all your fault, uh, but because I'm going to try and get out. We, we saved the Broadway's announcement as well as, as the receiving of our, our tithes and such for after the service. Pastor Greg's going to be coming up to close us out. But... Uh, 
before I, I get going, I, I want to just acknowledge um, the, the men and women, the reason we celebrate this weekend. Uh, I, I know some of you may have trips to the lake planned. You, you may have uh, you know, different functions outside that you're looking forward to enjoying and, and do. But at the same time, remember why we celebrate this extended weekend. It's because of men and women who surrendered all for you and I. For us to be able to celebrate freedoms that we celebrate today, freedoms that we take advantage of today. But it was men and women, and and, and look, there's people that will argue both sides. Some people will say, well, they were misguided, telling, you know, saying that they were were older of age than they were. They were misguided people. Look, guys, regardless, those are men and women who put their life on the line so that they could continue a lifestyle, a life that we now live and enjoy right here today. So remember those people. Remember those, if you have any in your family. I'm, I'm honored to say that my grandfather came back from World War II, but uh, he was a POW, shot down in, uh, over Germany, was taken to a POW in a prisoner of war camp there in Germany, and um, wouldn't talk a lot about it, uh, about what happened. I, I heard stories and, and little bits and even read a piece in... Uh, in Tom Brokaw's Greatest Generation about my grandfather. Um, But the lives, the friends that he had that were lost that day, uh, not that day, but I mean during that period, he he wouldn't talk a lot about it. So regardless of where you stand today, know that you stand on the shoulders of men and women who gave up freedom, gave up life, so that you could enjoy hamburgers and hot dogs at the lake. Come on. I'm, uh, last week, Brandon, Brandon started off our relationship series, and, and oh, I haven't pulled it up. Look at that. I'm getting the evil eye from the back. Um, and they, oh, they're way ahead of me. Look at that. So last week, we started our relationship, seri- uh, relationship, relationship series. If you're new with us, uh, these are eight biblical principles that we choose to live by. I, me, as, as the, the pastor here, my, my declaration, if you will, is these are eight principles that I am going to live my life in relationship with you. And what I ask is the same, that you would live your life by these eight principles in relationship with us. This is a series we cover once a year because relationships are everywhere. Whether you like them or not, we have to deal with relationships. Whether whether they've been bad to you in the past or whether they've been good to you, we have to deal with relationships. To live in relationship with Christ is, is, I would say, probably the most important decision you'll ever make. I said something a, a couple weeks ago, and, and I want to expound on it because I, I, I left a caveat after making that statement. To accept Jesus Christ into your life is, is the most important decision you can ever make before you make that decision. Once that decision has been made, once you've accepted Christ in your life, then what? Is it just a, a sit-back ticket train to, to heaven? See, based off that relationship, our relationship with others becomes more important. 
My relationship with God is solid. That was number one before I was saved. Now that I'm saved, yes, this is still important, but hear me. Some of y'all are going to look at, you're looking at me thinking, man, he's preaching heresy. Your relationship, our relationship with each other, I would dare venture to say, is now more important than our, our initial relationship with Christ. Hear me. But it's based because of our relationship with Christ. Jesus said this, believe in me and you will be saved. Believe in me and you will be saved. So, so before we believed, the, the, the goal, the purpose in our life was to believe in Christ and then we are saved. So, I mean, that's the number one. That's the most important decision you can make in your life. Everyone should have a personal relationship with Christ. But then Jesus also said this. I give you a new commandment. No longer are we trying to live in relationship with God, which, which you've done. You've tried to keep the Ten Commandments, and you've even expounded upon them. You've, you've made 600 and whatever different commandments just to, just to develop the relationship with God. But, but I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Uh, what about the time that Jesus said, and now that you are my disciples, go into all the world and disciple all? I, uh, I think a lot of times we get scared of that word disciple. It's like there's a definition for it. We could open up the dictionary and we could read what a disciple is, but, but really it's just kind of this ambiguous, where, where does it end? Where does it begin? What do I do? What do I don't do? Word, how do I disciple? Let, let me say this about disciple. A disciple is nothing more than a learner. A disciple is a learner, someone who learns from someone else. Everybody here, everyone here in this room today has been a disciple. Every single one of us, our lives have been influenced in different ways by people before us. Some people here maybe grew up in a home with parents and, and, and your mom and dad, maybe they had their faults and flaws or, or maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you don't even recognize necessarily that you are a part of the system and with all of its faults, with all of its flaws. But all of these things that have happened in our past, they shape who we are today. They don't define us. They don't define us, but they shape who we are. You do or don't do what it is you do do based on what has already been done to you. You know how many times I had to practice that before coming out and saying it? <laughs> I admit that was it. Like I wrote it, and as I wrote it, I'm like, ooh, this is, this is fun, this is good. And then I tried to say it, and I just... But listen to that. You do or don't do what it is you do do based on what's already been done to you. And the same, now the people that you know are influenced and discipled. They are learning from you. Go ye and make disciples of all men. People are learning from you day in and day out. Just as much as you are a disciple, you're also discipling. So Jesus was saying, now that you have learned from me, you too should let others learn from you. 
So to do that, what do we have to do? Well, you're going to have to develop relationships. Uh, Just as I can't learn from Jesus without cultivating a relationship with him, so the same, guys, we can't let people, there's no way for people to cultivate a relationship with us or to be discipled by us if we're not cultivating a relationship with them. Relationships. We've got to deal with them. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, God's law, can be summed up with love God and love people. Love God and love people. The Jewish culture at the time, remember, man, they had gotten good at that love God part. They had built their foundations on how to love God, but in doing so, they had completely forgotten about loving people. Jesus comes in and says, okay, okay, hey, hold on. There's a second part to this command. Let's, all right, look, y'all aren't even getting it. Here, let me just give you a new command. It's the same as the second one the first time, but here we go. Yes, love God, but love others as I have loved you. As Christians, we're supposed to imitate Christ. So then it only makes sense that we know how to walk in relationship just as Christ walked in relationship. Jesus walked in relationship with both God and others. God's, Jesus' relationship on earth wasn't just with God. He, he, he focused his relationship. He went out and he retreated. He, he got alone and he cried out. He talked to. He maintained that relationship. But what did he do while he was here? He cultivated this relationship, giving us the example that we too should follow. Philippians 2 verse 5, Paul says this. In your relationships with one another... Have the same mindset as Christ, who even though he was God, did not puff himself up as, uh, puff himself up as deity. I didn't practice that one. But rather humbled himself in obedience. Humbled himself in obedience. I mean, come on, guys. Look, if, if every single person in here has dreamed at one point in time in their life of having, we, we won't call it godlike, we'll call it superhuman abilities. But there is not a single one of you, I know because I've talked to pretty much all of you, that would be the super good, superhuman. Even myself, the the, the news would be like showing pictures of highways where cars were just splitting and there was my truck just like driving through. (laughs) Every slow person in every fast lane, the world, I'd be Thanos, I'd just snap. Here was Jesus who was superhuman. He was God. And yet never puffed himself up, but rather humbled himself in obedience, even to the point of death. I love Brandon last week started off this whole series, uh, relationships, talking about being humble. You can't have successful relationships until you've learned to practice humility. Throughout scripture, the, the, the Bible's full of promises, blessings, if we're humble. Proverbs 22, verse 4, humility and the fear of the Lord brings wealth, honor, and life. Or, or how about in, in 1 Peter 5, 5, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Example after example throughout scripture uh, of this idea of staying humble. But this scripture particularly, I, I look at the life of Peter And I'm thinking Peter wasn't really a humble guy in all of the Gospels. As we read his story, as we hear about him, you don't hear about humble Peter. 
I love that he says, clothe yourself with humility. In other words, it's not naturally on you. It's not something that you just naturally wake up. It's, something that, that it's not something you naturally wake up with. It's something that we're going to have to wake up and actually, actually work to put on. Remember, this is, this is I can take on the world, Peter. Of all the disciples, Peter was the most boisterous, the most cocky. When, when the Roman guards showed up to take Jesus to prison, it was Peter who jumped up with his sword like he was going to take them all out, lopped a guy's ear off, missed his head, was going for his head, hit an ear. Cocky Peter. It says, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Why would cocky Peter, you know, why would Peter understand that he needed to work at, he needed to clothe himself in humility? I want to jump to another passage where Peter was sitting uh, around a uh, afternoon tea. It was lunchtime. It was coffee time in the afternoon. Afternoon coffee with Jesus. The disciples are getting together. They all walk into the room, sit down. And I want to pick up with you in John chapter 13, verses 15 through 17. Peter's sitting with the guys. Here's Jesus. Remember, he's living in relationship with Jesus. This is something he's working on. He's being discipled by Jesus. He's learning from him. And he hears Jesus say this. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. Certainly a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus is saying, you will be blessed if you follow my example. Now, we know ultimately what he's talking about is this, this servanthood laying down your life for a friend. But in this moment, at the very moment that Jesus is saying, are you doing what I'm doing for you? What was going on? Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples. While he said those words. In one of the positions that was considered the lowliest in society. He saw a need. And in recognizing a need. Something that, that nobody else wanted to do. Nobody else wanted to do it. But yet instead of, of pointing it out for somebody else to fix. He humbly stood up and he took care of it. Jesus gave us an example in both speech and action on how to live in relationship with each other. Again, guys, this is why yearly we cover the eight principles for good relationships, our, our relationship principles, biblical principles that we choose, we have to decide daily to live by. We believe these principles provide a, a practical way to keep relationships amongst us together and you amongst each other healthy and strong we can keep relationships healthy and strong in a way in which then we can truly imitate Christ last week uh, we we were discipled we learned from Brandon about two of uh, the first principles the first one being the forgiveness principle simply stating look I'm going to choose to walk in forgiveness not easily take offense against me if you can't forgive, there can't be a relationship. 
The relationship principles, I mean, this is the baseline. Ultimately, at some point, every relationship is gonna, gonna step further. Well, okay, I couldn't forgive, so let me work through it, and then, but it's gonna have to come back to can you forgive? And look, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna caveat all of this with relationships fail. Sadly, a lot of times, relationship, relationships fail. People lie from the beginning. There's, there's situations, things occur that weren't ever supposed to happen. People were promised one thing and given another. Just because a relationship has failed you doesn't ever mean that relationships are wrong. That's hard. It's really hard because it really is, just like I mentioned before, as we shape our lives, who we are today is based upon what has already been done to us. And so if we allow those moments then to shape our world negatively, where immediately we start putting up walls, we're missing it. We're missing Christ's example. Relationships fail. But it's because of that that we have these principles. Let's see how Jesus walked in, lived in relationship. Forgiveness principle. The next one is the first word principle. You, you will be the first person to hear about any problem I have with you. Not your mama, not your papa, not your best friend, not your anybody else. You. You. This week, what I want to do is I want to start by covering a trait of Christ that honestly, uh, it, it confounds me. It, it, it truly does. It, it just, it shocks me. It truly amazes me. And yet I, I've realized it, it helps to establish a foundation within our relationships. We call it the, the faithfulness principle. Uh, Jesus modeled us. Jesus modeled for us that, that the relationship is more important than the issue. Here's, here's what confounds me about this one. I, I think about the disciples. I think about the disciples that literally the very night that Christ needed a friend more than, than any other night, more than any night that you and I could possibly ever imagine, the very night that he needed somebody to be there for him, Family to rise up, somebody to stand up, somebody to stick there. I've got your back. I'm with you all the way. It was right after those very words that nobody was there for him. And yet for Christ... Despite that failing, a failing that, that, that we, we go through situations and circumstances where all of a sudden a friend wasn't there and our first response is, I'm done with you. And yet Christ's response immediately upon resurrecting was to come right back to the disciples and say, I, I want to I restore this relationship. The relationship was more important to him than any issue that they did, didn't do all the situations. In our lives, how many times have, have we failed them? I, that's what confounds me about this. I, I think about the disciples, and then I think about my own life, and I, and I think about how many times I've failed them. I'm like, sure, well, well they had one night, God, but what about me? I've, I, I, it's, been, it's been a struggle here. It's been a, a hardship here. It's been a daily trip here. Lord God, it's all these things, and And yet his promises are still faithful. 
Philippians 1.6. This is, this is the CJV. It's the Corey Jones version. That's why I'm not going to put it up behind us. My translation interpretation of Philippians 1.6. You and I can be confident that God, who, who's already been working in our lives, won't quit just because we do something stupid. He is faithful to that relationship and will continue to work in our lives until Christ's return. If you're here and you've taught your kids that the word stupid is a bad word, as I grew up thinking, I apologize, it's not in the Bible, children. Look, even within the greatest of relationships, differences of opinions are going to happen. They're going to occur. And when they do, they're going to try and divide us. That's always why it's important to determine beforehand that our relationship is the most important thing, that it, it outweighs any problem, any issue that we may have. It's, it's predetermining, just like Christ exemplified in his life, it's predetermining that no matter how heated things get or what issues threaten to pull us apart, we're going to remain committed to the relationship. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Where does the responsibility lie? Yeah, nobody wants to say it. It's with us. It's you. It's me. Do all that you can. Which leads us into this next principle. We call it the friendship principle. And, and look, the, the friendship principle simply recognizes that, that if it's my responsibility to approach you if I need help. If I'm, if I'm assuming something or if I don't understand something or if I think there's an issue with our relationship, it's my responsibility to approach you and ask, hey, did I, did, did I misunderstand? Did I not? Did you tell me to do that and I forgot because, sorry, honey. <laughs> Friendship principle. How often do we assume others should just know how we feel? I can't believe you didn't call. Huh? When I was in the hospital. You were in the hospital? Oh, you knew. <laughs> huh? Don't expect others to, to guess by our actions or recognize what's going on in our world. So often we find ourselves in a place where, where we need a family member. We need somebody, whether it's a coworker, a fellow student, or, or, or just a, somebody, a close friend. We need somebody to be there, to help out, to be available. But, but then what ends up happening is we're either too afraid to ask them for help, to let them know that we need help, or they don't notice and we take offense that they don't care. The friendship principle simply states, it's each individual's personal responsibility to approach the other if they need help. I, I love the story of Jesus with the woman at the well. Here was a, a lady where, where society condemned her as soon as they saw her. Society walked up and told her what was wrong with her. Told her her faults, her flaws, her sins. Remember, they were God first. 
they forgot to love others. Jesus walks in, and what does he do? He doesn't point out her faults or flaws. He sits down and starts developing a relationship. And then within that relationship, as they've gotten to know each other, as they're belonging together, all of a sudden, what happens? She starts to bring up situations, and he asks questions, and she answers, and now there's a back and forth. Do all that you can to live at peace with all men. Let other people approach you if they need help. And then so the same, if you need help, you need to be ready to approach people. The last one that I want to get to today, the four-day principle. Uh, this one's fun. <laughs> this, one, this is simply understanding that I'm not going to allow for any problems that I have with you to go unresolved for more than four days. The first question people always come to me with is, <laughs> why four days? And a lot of those, the super spiros, I, I, that's the super spiritual, with a valid question, come to me with this. They say, doesn't the Bible say, do not let the sun go down on your wrath? Why would you say four days when it should be immediate or none or one? Wouldn't it be better to immediately approach this other person? Look, resolving issues immediately is always best. If it can be done. Because usually what happens when an offense occurs, our immediate emotions are centered around an idea that we have been wronged. In the heat of the moment, most of us can admit our emotions well up to a point where we feel like we understand, we acknowledge this moment is I have been wronged. So sometimes, some of you especially, it may be better to cool down, to process what has transpired. While the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath, maybe don't let it build to wrath, just take a moment to breathe, take a day or two or three, but, but no more than four. All right, Corey, so if not immediately, then, then why four? Beautiful, Jesus' best friend Lazarus passes away. Jesus takes how many days? How long was Lazarus dead? Four days, and, and when Lazarus was dead, he's in the tomb. Jesus walks up and says, I want y'all to roll the stone away. His sister, right beside Jesus, says, Jesus, behold, he stinketh. It's, it's in the King James Version, stinketh. That is a King James Version Bible word, he stinketh. He has been dead four days, by now he stinketh. Look, guys, same thing in our lives, for you and I. Look, <laughs> When issues aren't dealt with within a few days, if you let them sit there, what do they do? They fester, they grow. If you can't decide to forgive and the issue takes longer or up to, it takes four days. By the fourth day, you need to be thinking, man, this is starting to just sit on me too long. Holding on to unresolved issues for months or even years can permanently damage any relationship, guys. I'm, uh, I'm going to begin to close. I'm going to call the band up, guys. Don't, don't think this is normal. Like, don't, ex don't come to church next week and think, ooh, we're getting out early. That pastor's short. I reserve my time for next week. No, 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 don't not come. Don't, don't not, wait. <laughs> As the band's coming up, guys, look, uh, in all of our relationships, you and I, in our relationships with each other, the way that we treat others, the way that we work on our relationships, 
is a direct indicator to others of God's love in us. How you and I treat each other is a direct reflection of how we treat and relate to God. That's tough. Did y'all hear that? How you and I treat each other is a direct reflection of how we treat and relate to God. You can sit there and say all day long, you're high and mighty, but God himself said, if you say you're high and mighty and yet, and yet you don't love your brother or your sister, if you don't love your friend, if you're not developing that relationship, then guess what? You don't love me. That's tough. The way we treat other people should reflect, as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Or, now that you have learned from me, you too should let others learn from you. Guys, when we experience the revelational power of a life, of a life lived in relationship with Christ, man, the the fruit that then flows, the abundance that then overflows out of our lives is, is his love in us. But it's that love, it's that love in us, that overflow of that love that's directly reflected in our relationships with one another. If there's no overabundance of love flowing with your relationship with God, maybe, maybe there's no love flowing with your relationship with others. Or if you can look at your relationship with others and realize, man, it's sketch. You may start looking at, at your relationship with God and saying, God, help me here in these areas. Again, guys, look, relationships fail. They do. I, I don't wish that upon anybody. They hurt. It hurts when people walk out of your life. It, it hurts when people ghost you, when they leave you, when they said they'd do one thing and then they never do. It hurts. It can break you. Or it can make you. Realize a need, a love for a relationship with him that is stronger than anything. And then as well, that, that example of even though they screwed this relationship up, even though this relationship didn't work out, it doesn't mean, God, that I can't continue to exemplify that relationship with the people that are in my life. When the world sees that we handle relationships in a manner in which he would have handled relationships, that's when they see the good work that he is doing here. That's when they know what it is that God is doing in each and every one of our lives. The awesome work that God is doing. I'm gonna ask Pastor Greg to come up, but as he's coming up to, to pray for us, guys, I, I, wanna, I wanna leave you with a question. I, I wonder in our lives, in our relationships, between you and I, between those that, that you currently have relationships that are working and those that you currently have relationships with that really aren't working too well, I, I wonder what kind of peace and life would follow us if we were to treat people in, in a manner in which these principles reflect, in a manner in which Christ himself exemplified to us. Relationships can be a burden or they can be a joy. I truly believe that's why God was able to look down and say, it is good. This is good. Even despite all the flaws that he knew man would, would eventually fall into, he saw past the issue and he saw the relationship. 
What joy would your life hold if our relationships with one another, if we began to have the same mindset as Christ? If we loved one another. Guys, I'm gonna turn it over to Pastor Greg as he closes us out. Let's pray together today. Pray with me if you will. Father God, it is humbling and amazing to think that we were created out of relationship. Lord, your eternal relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that from that relationship, God, you created us for relationship with you and relationship with one another. God, we just ask today as we consider these things, as we consider your word, that your spirit would give us wisdom, Lord, wisdom that it takes in pursuing relationships. God, that your spirit would bring to mind the example of your son. Jesus, you, you walked with people who treated you unkindly. You healed people who never thanked you. You ate with people who betrayed you. And in the ultimate example for us of sacrificial love for relationships, you went to the cross all the same time asking the Father to forgive those who put you there. Jesus, be our ultimate example as we walk and pursue relationships with others. Spirit, give us the strength to close ourselves in humility as our Lord did as we walk with one another. Thank you for this example. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for what you've given us to help us pursue these relationships with one another. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This morning as we close our service, the ushers are gonna come forth and take. We still have a few uh, announcements that are important we wanna share with you today. Uh, the Broadways have a video. You'll get to see a little bit of picture of where Pastor Corey is headed to see his kids compete today. And, uh, and we're still going to get out of here in a record service for CF Paris this morning. So uh, join me and let's watch the announcements together and then we'll close our service. What's up, guys? We are so excited that you are here. What an epic weekend for our community. We had two major pump track events. We had a Red Bull pump track event and we had a USA Championship, which is actually happening right now. Also, we have another epic event coming up, Worship Wednesday. It's this Wednesday at 6.30, and we would love for you guys to come out and join us. Our other announcement is our toy drive. We would love your donations of gently used toys for our Grow Daycare and our CF Littles. If you have any questions about what you can or can't donate, there's a post on Grow's Facebook page, because there are some regulations with it being a daycare, but we would love that. As you are cleaning out your toy rooms, you're getting ready for kids coming home, spring cleaning we would love some donations our kids would love that and that's it. it pastor cory coming up bye y'all just want to like pop track down ah. and pastor cory explicit instructions to stay off the pump track he's not allowed to get anywhere near that he can only watch but god bless you guys enjoy your holiday weekend we hope to see you for worship wednesday and back again next sunday god bless you guys